Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. And welcome to Sakidian's Killer Podcast, where I say it's okay to not be okay. I'm Johnny Seafoot, and every week I'm joined by one very special guest. We're going to talk about this week's guest in a moment, but first, I wanted to wish you a very happy new year because we've done it. We are at the end of the year, the end of 2021, the weirdest year ever. Who would have ever thought this would have happened? And who would have ever thought we'd still be in this position? That even though we came out of lockdown and life went back to normal, we still ended up where we are now with Omicron taking over our lives. Now, before we speak to Finn from Love Island, I just wanted to reflect on the year. So the first thing to do is to give another push. Because if you're listening to this part, it means that you don't always listen to the end. Or if you're a first-time listener, you've never heard of this before. Now, on iTunes, there's a very special function. So if you listen on Spotify, go onto your Apple iTunes, the purple button. And if you're on iTunes already, just go onto the podcast, go down, leave a five-star rating and a review. Because it really helps me in the podcast chart, and it really helps spread the word that it's okay to not be okay. And what a year we've had of guests. And I just wanted to really quickly touch on some of these guests that I've had over the past year. Because such special conversations have happened. And I want you to just... Go back and listen to past episodes if you haven't before as we really celebrate what work we did on ourselves in 2021 and how we became better people. And we started it with Talia Storm from the Real Housewives of Jersey. We spoke to Marcel Somerville about diabetes. Elsie Spittle spoke about the three principles. These were all about how to be the best version of yourself. Jessica Cunningham spoke about the abuse she suffered as a child, but also female empowerment. Tina Barrett from Escob 7, one of my favourite all-time bands, spoke about the band. And it went on. Justin Piazzi, Pete Wicks, Alex Murphy, Governor Beer about toxic masculinity. And then I had to go and go and go into nostalgia. We spoke all things CBBC of Angelica Bell, Tim Vincent, Junior Hanson... Anna Williamson's going to be on the next year's series. Can't wait for her. We spoke to Ashley Jones about motherhood. Paul C. Bronson, one of my favourite episodes. It was the hour special all about love and relationships. Sean Welby from Capital, Denise Welsh. And then we spoke to a couple of my favourite authors. B.A. Paris was on there. Lisa Jewell was on there. Adele Parks was on there. Oh, just so many, so many people. So please do go back and listen to the past couple of episodes that have happened over the year. If you've missed it, go on the list now. 
So let's talk about my guest this week. Now, so my guest this week is from Love Island and I'm going to do a proper intro, but just to say it was recorded on Zoom. So if the quality is not that great, it's one of those Zoom interviews, but he was an amazing guy. Let me introduce you to him. beginning of 2020 ITV2 aired a special series of Love Island it was a winter series it's the only series to date that actually three couples have still stayed together since ended one of those couples was the winner the actual winner and to mock the two-year anniversary since he first met his girlfriend Paige Turley coupling on day six and lasting all the way to the final and two years later I'm delighted to welcome on to Security and Security to look back at his time in what can only be described as the most crazy two years since in the, getting in that relationship and then the world changing. It's the brilliant Finn Tap. Hello, Finn. Hello, how are we? Well, mate, I'm all the better for speaking to you. What a way to finish the year with you. I know, I know. It's been brilliant, eh? It's, um, it's nice that we've had sort of a few months just getting, getting busy and out places and enjoying it a bit. Finn, let's go back to the beginning of your life. So... Look, you're 22 years old now. Let's go back to your childhood in Milton Keynes growing up. Yeah. What was life like for you? It was brilliant, you know. Like, for as long as I can remember, I was always playing football. So, like, my childhood, when I think back to it, all I can... The first thing that comes into my mind is playing football, just because I started at such a young age. And I couldn't ask for anything, anything else, really. I loved it. And this is because you were eight years old. And normally when you're eight years old, you're playing football in the park. But you actually signed up to the Milton Keynes Dons Academy. So it was a proper process to actually get you to a, such a level. Yeah, yeah. So I actually was playing at my village team in Deansanger. I remember the day so sort of vividly. My mum came into the living room and she'd said that a scout had been watching me at a tournament. And it was a Leicester City scout. And he wanted me to go and join and, and train with them. So I went to train with Leicester City. And this must have been, this was pre-academy. So this was, must have been about seven years old. And as you turn into sort of eight years old, that's when you actually sign for the academy. And it was just before that, that MK Dons then approached and said, you know, we want you as well. So I was in a predicament then whether to sign for Leicester or MK Dons. At the age of eight, I signed for MK Dons because it was right on my doorstep and Leicester was that bit further. What did football mean to you? Because as you're growing up, it's always, I want to be an astronaut, footballer, doctor, lawyer. Why yeah, football yeah. for you? I think my older brother always played it for like the village team. And whenever their goalkeeper was injured, I used to go and play in goal for his team. And he's a couple of years above. So as an eight-year-old or seven-year-old to play with like the older kids, it was the coolest thing in the world. So to be able to play with them, and that's what really started it. And then I just sort of fell in love with it and, it sort of went from there. I mean, I never thought in my head, I want to play academy and all of that, because I didn't know how that's sort of how it worked. I just knew football for enjoyment and socialising with your pals and all of that. So I'm thankful that it did turn into the academy side of things, because I don't think I ever would have tried to pursue it. And I don't think my dad would have said, right, we need to get you into an academy. It just sort of happened. So what was your position like in primary school? Because you're hanging out with the older kids, which obviously naturally makes you grow up a little bit more. And not that you were, you know, going off with girls that age because you were a little bit too young still. But what, did the, what was the feeling around you? Did you feel popular? Did you feel like you had that little bit of edge amongst everyone else of your peers? Um, see, I loved it because, I mean, I'm talking more secondary school now. It is, I suppose primary school to a certain extent. 
But when you're part of the school football team, I mean, it's nothing like America, and I wish it was, where like the college teams get like 5,000 people to the game and stuff like that. But still getting up from class or having the PE teacher knock on your door and say, right, football lads, come on, let's go. You did feel a little bit like, oh, yeah, that's, that's me, that is. And it was quite a cool thing, I guess, in, in primary school and, and more so secondary school. That's, that's what I missed out on. I've never liked football and therefore I've always felt like the outsider because you see all the guys, you're like, I want to be one of those guys. And the guy, because to be the cool kid in the school was you had to play football. That was it. <laughs> to be fair, like, I think looking back on it, it, it's crazy how popular football is in terms of like, not necessarily just the playing of it, but just how it engulfs some people and... You know, some people, I mean, I, I've never been one because obviously when I was involved in the football world, I was playing. But, you know, you see some people and they live for the weekends because it means they can go out on a Saturday and watch their team and then get back hungover on a Sunday and watch football all day long on the sofa. It's mad how it takes over people's lives, I think. It's a sense of belonging because although you're doing that, you're then also going to probably play it twice in the week and therefore you've got a boys' cup and then you'll go out for beers afterwards. And so suddenly your Mondays, your Thursdays, your Saturdays, your Sundays all revolves around football. Yeah, it does. It does. And it's, it's sort of like a way of lifestyle. And I always find that it's like a universal language. I was away actually in Portugal not too long ago and there was a ball on the beach and I ended up playing football, like keepy-ups with this Portuguese guy for about half hour. He, he couldn't speak English. I couldn't speak Portuguese, but you, you both knew that football's there. Let's play it sort of thing. How amazing is that? And how spontaneous as well that you could be able to do that and have that language that isn't a verbal language. It's literally a physical thing. Yeah, exactly. And when I used to be younger and go on family holidays and stuff, like me and my brother would always go to like, when you're finished by the pool and you go up to get ready and my mum, she's getting ready, my sisters are getting ready, me and my brother would go and play football for an hour. And it would be all, you know, Spanish guys, um, Portuguese guys. And it's just like, you can't speak to them, but you can still, like, if he does a good pass, they know what's... You can sort of communicate with it, which I, which I like. And you carried on those friendships, because I, I know I'm going to skip a little bit, but I want to talk about your teen years, because, you know, football became a big thing. You had that sense of belonging. You're part of a club. So where were you in the football world? And then let's bring Love Island in then as well. Yeah, OK, so... Throughout um, sort of growing up then, you go through the academy and then you get to a level of sort of scholarships where you turn into full-time, but you also do a sort of little college uh, thing on the side. And you do that for two years and then you turn pro. Um, and that's what everyone's striving for, that professional contract. Um, that's what you build up for. And I, I was lucky enough to get given that. And I, was, I got a one-year contract. And unfortunately, that then came to an end at MK Dons, that was. So that was a period in my life where I was like, what am I going to do here? Because all I've known is football. I left school after my GCSEs to play football. And then I didn't do the whole uni thing because it was football. So I'd only ever known football. So when I got told, that's it, we don't want you anymore, like off you go sort of thing. I'm like, what am I going to do? And I sort of fell out of love with football a little bit because I saw the harsh reality side of it. And whether or not it took me that step out of the industry to realise maybe it's not something I want to go into. Um, so I would have spent about a couple of months sort of dilly-dallying, not knowing what to do. And lucky enough, I signed with Oxford City, which were a semi-pro team. And that's the team that I then left to go to, to Love Island. So am I right in thinking with MK Dons then for like a good eight or nine years? That's like your whole childhood, what you knew, that was it. And then suddenly they just dropped you. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, like I said, I signed eight and I, what age would I have been? I think I would have been 18 when I got my, given my professional contract. So 10 years, you sort of work towards it. And at 19, I got let go. And that was like a real shock to the system. How were you um, able to deal with that though? Like mentally, I mean, you were 19 years old, so mental health it wasn't really being spoken about then, even though it was only three or four years ago. But mentally, how did that put you that you're dedicated 10 years to a club and then they just drop you, even though you kind of know that's kind of part of a given of what the industry is like? Yeah, I mean, I think because it was, it was such a kick in the gut because it was like only one year before, I was probably at my happiest I've ever been because I got that professional contract. And in just this short year, it turned to the lowest point where I'm like, it's, it's gone sort of thing. And I think I had eight weeks out of sort of not knowing where I, I was going to be. And I actually remember I was on holiday and it wasn't until the last few days of holiday where it really struck me because when I was abroad, I was sort of taking my mind off it and, and things like that. And then the last couple of days of holiday was when I really thought, I've got to go back here and I don't know what I'm going to be doing now for a career in the next two weeks, two months, two years, whatever it is. So that was a real shock. And that's where I started feeling a little bit like, oh, God. What do you do now? So it's 2019. Love Island obviously has been on TV for five years in the second version of the show. And you applied to go on, you applied to go on the show. Why did you apply? Because... It, it's so strange for me to go, well, I'm single, I need a girlfriend. Oh, I know, actually, I'll go on Love Island and that's how I'm going to actually go and find love. Because you aren't doing it for fame, you're doing it to find love. Yeah, so what it was is I then soon got into a position where, because all, all of my pals had always joked about it to me, sort of like, oh, you should go on Love Island. I'm like, no, no, I shouldn't really. And then I got into a position where I thought, why not, sort of thing. Like, if you don't buy a ticket, you won't win the raffle, sort of thing. So I'm going... Right, I just need a little bit of courage though. So I had a few beers at work actually. And this is when I then started my recruitment um, because it was semi-pro, I was able to work and play football. Um, so I was, at, I was at my office in London and I had a few beers at lunchtime and on the way home, I then started applying. Um, and I don't know what it was, but I think it was just the, f the sheer why not sort of thing. Like I might go on there, and find someone I might not even get on there. There's nothing negative that would come from me applying, if that makes sense. You know, worst case scenario is I don't get on. And, you know, I was happy enough doing my recruitment and football anyway. So it was sort of like I, I had nothing to lose. But you know that Love Island has the Love Island look. And I'm not getting into politics of the Love Island look, but there's a look. Yeah. Obviously, as a winner now, you are very much part of that lineup. You have got that Love Island look. But when you were applying to the show, did you think, right, I've got that body, I've got that face, I've got the aesthetics of what looks like what would be on a Love Island lineup. Um, I think it was just more so like, I think I was always just like, it'd be such a fun thing to do rather than go in, I look the part, so I'll do brilliant on it. Because I've always been one of them that look at it and go, it's a lot more than just having a six pack and being good looking to, to do well on that show, I find, because I was a fan of that show. I watched every single series and you always pick out the ones that do well on it. And I think it's more down to the way they are and how they come across and, and stuff like that. So it wasn't necessarily like, right, I've played football and I'm in good shape. Let's do it. I think it was more of a case of I had a personality that was, I need to see whether I'd be able to get onto it. It's just a fun thing to do sort of thing. So as a Love Island fan, who were you basing your personality on? Who, were those, who was that person that had those traits that you thought, do you know what, I've got those traits, I could do that? 
God. I, see, I, I actually don't think I'd be able to tell you because I think like, and a lot of people, I'm not saying that everyone would have this opinion about me, but because it's me, I feel like I'm very different to everyone. And, you know, some people would say that I'm shy. Some people would say that I'm, you know, I'm the furthest thing from it. So I think I just vary, but I just knew that I'd sort of, I always had confidence in myself that I could go on there and do well because I was just, I, I always found that I could be a likable person, if that makes sense. Almost like a, not a sense of arrogance, but I was very like, I think people were like me. There's no reason for them not to, but so what if they don't, if that makes sense. But if you've grown up around football, around people, and you're playing on a team that everyone's looking at, you're going to feel that sense of entitlement, that sense of popularity, because as we said earlier on, people look to footballers as the cool kids. You said that people see you as shy. Do you think you're shy? Do you think you're introvert? There are elements that I, I do, or I am shy. I feel like, especially now, I would say, before the show, I could text my pals, where are you? Oh, we're all sat in the pub, and I could walk into the busiest pub in London or whatever and I would walk through not a care in the world but now I'm a little bit like if I go into a, a social environment where there's loads of people I'm a little bit like and that's why I love being, going to work and stuff with Paige because I know I've got Paige beside me rather than if I go to an event on my own I'm a little bit like oh god is that because you, Paige is extrovert you know singing background that she can hold the audience and therefore you can be on the side and not feel the pressure of you've got to perform in, you know, using this pun. Me and Paige always joke about it. Paige is much better at chatting to people in terms of whether it's, you know, someone that stopped us on the street and said, hi, like Paige can chat away. And I, I like that because I'm just like, right, you, you go for that. Whereas I feel like other, I think as soon as I get to know someone, I'm comfortable with them. They're the people that would say he's the, the furthest away from being shy ever. But when I meet new people, I'm sort of more like just trying to suss out. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit get 30, bit get 20, 20, 20, bit get 20, 20, bit get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Everything, and then as soon as I'm comfortable, that's when I sort of come you, out a little bit. Do you not think that's a gender thing, though? Because I think most girls are like that, especially, for example, around kids. Girls are amazing around kids. And then for you uh-huh. perhaps with kids, we're like, what? What do I do? I can't do that noise. I can't play with that. Well, I don't know what's going on here, but girls are like <laughs> all over it. Yeah, no, I think, I think there's definitely an element of that. I think, um, and like you touched on with the kids, I think there's certain social environments that women tend to be better in and others that men tend to be better in. And I feel like I certainly am one where I'm not as good as Paige when we're meeting new people. Paige is sort of chatty, 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 and I'm just a little bit like, it's a bit much. But what are you better than Paige at? So if you've got your no chalk and cheese and Paige's strength is with people, what's your strength in the relationship? Oh God, you put me on the spot here. Might be Paige carrying the team. I would personally think that if we were out and about with sort of a group of our pals, or for example, I'm, I would say I'm able to get closer with people in terms of I'm really, really close now with Paige's pals. And I think that might be because I get comfortable with people quite quick. Whereas Paige is really good at the initial in terms of chatting, 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 but more skeptical about, will I get comfortable with them? Whereas I'm a bit more held back. And as soon as I like someone, I'm like, yeah, you're my best pal sort of thing. Again, I, I kind of put it on gender. I might be completely wrong on this, but I think you're right that girls can build up a rapport because they know how to be friendly. They know how to do that. And whereas we have to find that trust. And then when we trust them, we get very intense and we love it. And we're all over them. And then suddenly they're our, our best friend. But equally, they're our best friend straight away. And we could drop them straight away. Whereas girls, it's a lot more of a long process. And they will get to know you over time. Whereas we're like getting straight in and getting straight out. Yeah. And I feel like I personally am better at, like, especially my group of pals. I've had the same group of pals as eight of us. I've had the same group of pals for 10 years. I can go three months without seeing them. But as soon as I see them again, it's just like it was three months ago. And I feel like if you have a bit of a, not an argument, but if someone annoys you, it's like, right, we'll sweep that under the carpet as soon as we're sort of sat down the pub with each other. Women are more sort of all and then nothing, if that makes sense. Whereas boys are just sort of like chilled. We'll have sort of like a little tiff, blow out, and then it's like the next time you see each other, it's fine. If that makes sense. Exactly that. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. Whereas a girl will also complain about it and, every, and they'll still go and see the same person every single week and they'll be like, I hate that person. Why are you doing that? <laughs> you know. Um, it's interesting you say you've got eight friends because I've always seen it as my friends, my boys, make up my different personalities. 
So you must have eight personalities that bring out these different versions of you with your friends. So do you know what they are? Are you conscious of what they are? Um, I think within my group of pals, there's certainly, um, say for example, I went out with a few of them. You'd have a very different night with them than you would with the other, other few, if that makes sense. Because within a group, it's sort of, you've got some quieter ones, you've got some really outgoing, you've got sort of in the middle. And I feel like I can very happily go and sit with each type of personality and fit in with them. That makes complete sense. Yeah, that makes complete So what are those traits that you're getting with them? Are you having a deep chat with one and more laddie banter with the others? Exactly that, exactly that. I've got sort of a best pal within that group and I can sort of ring them up and we'd have, you know, a chat. And every time I see him, I could pop around and see his family, we'd sit down and, and that would be the relationship we have. But on the other hand, you've then got another pal who's just so outgoing and whenever you see him, you just are like, what the hell? Like, he's just crazy. But that's also what I like as well. So that's kind of the downtime. That's the thin away from the cameras, the personal life thin. Your friends yeah. aren't famous. Then obviously you go on a show like Love Run and obviously we know you want it with Paige. You come out of a show like that, you're in this big celeb bubble, but obviously we're going into a pandemic as you come out. So whereas before you'd have come out, you'd have done all the newspapers, you'd have done the red carpet, you'd have the personal appearances, that obviously stopped because nightclubs closed. How did you find that change back to normality? Was it a lot quicker than you thought because you couldn't have this big ego? You couldn't go out and actually be the person you wanted to be? Yeah, so I think... When, so when we're in the villa, you, you talk to everyone, you know, all of the people in there, you're like, oh, we'll go Ibiza, we'll do this, we'll do that when we go out. And little did we know that this virus was, was uh, appearing and it very much got from 100 to the three weeks me and Paige had out the villa before the lockdown. It was like events, this, that, this, that. And sooner it was lockdown. So we then got shifted right back and pushed right back. But we saw it as not a blessing because obviously it was a horrible year for everyone, but we sort of look back on it and try and take the positives out of a very negative situation and realize that we had a very good introduction, if that makes sense, because we were able to dip our toe and sort of know how the press works, know what sort of image you need to, to put out on sort of social media, what to say, what not to say. So we were able to dip our toe with that and, not get thrown into it so much where we'd maybe trip ourselves up. Was that something you do as a couple quite a lot, that you work on the positives and negatives of a situation you actually talk it through? Because that's quite a mature thing to do, is to analyse the situation and not just look at the negatives and not just look at the positives, but actually weigh up both sides. Yeah, definitely. I think before the show, I was never really a believer of everything happens for a reason, because I don't know what it was. When I went through the negative situation of sort of getting dropped from from my football I only ever saw the negative of I'm not good enough that's that whereas now and after the show and Paige is brilliant at it because Paige is like really what's what's the word I want to say you know not spiritual but sort of manifesting and stuff like that and Paige always tries to speak to me about that because I'm very I'm a closed book I'm like don't really believe in it should I believe in it and all of that but Paige has taught me that and now I look back on the situation I'm like if I didn't get dropped from from MK Dons I wouldn't have applied for Love Island and I wouldn't have found Paige and I wouldn't be sort of in the position I am now so that happens for a reason so now I'm able to look at situations 
and think everything happens for a reason at the bad point rather than waiting for it to get good again. So what gets you to that point, though? What makes you start looking at law of attraction and everything happens for a reason? Because it's a belief system, and obviously Paige has it, and she can tell it to you, but you've got to see it for yourself. So what do you think the secret of yours and Paige's relationship is, and obviously you and Paige meeting on Love Island in that year, in the one year that Love Island did a winter special, that one year that you coupled up with her and then won the show? Now we've got, because we spent so much time with each other over the lockdowns and stuff, we got to know every single bit of each other. And Paige knows me better than I know myself sometimes and vice versa. So I feel like me being able to take a step back and sometimes being in a situation where your judgment is clouded because there's so much going on, to have someone that you trust knows you very well telling you advice, you can take that on board more than someone that perhaps you're doubtful that they really know what's best for you. Well, it's almost like you're not living as a Love Island couple and a Love Island winning couple and a reality winning couple. You're living as Paige and Finn. And I think, you know, with the benefit of lockdowns and the benefit of, like you said, doing it slowly is you haven't been thrusted upon the public of we are the golden couple and here's our five minutes of fame. And now you've disappeared. You've gone very steady. So yes, you've stayed together, but you haven't stayed together and been all over the media. You've done very much a very private relationship that you've gone through. Yeah, I mean, and that's something, again, which you don't realise is the best thing for you until you get to know the industry and really look back on it. Because, you know, it's not a secret when you think back and go a lockdown. Oh, it's annoying. We didn't get to go to this party. We didn't get to go to this event. We didn't get to do this work or whatever it is. Whereas now you look back at it and go, it was actually the best thing that could have happened for our relationship in terms of we weren't going out all the time and we weren't getting dragged from pillar to post. We stayed and I stayed with Paige's family for three months in the first lockdown. And looking back on it, that's what the real important thing is getting closer to each other in the relationship and working on the relationship and building it from strength to strength, that now we're in a position two years later where we can still get everything we want to get and we've also still got each other. Do you think if you hadn't won the show, your relationship would have been where it is in terms of the media presence and also within yourselves? Does that help winning? Because obviously, if we compare it to a show like The X Factor, if you won the show, you'd always do really bad in the long run because you'd be forced to release albums out. Whereas you've been able to take your time doing things, you know, like you said, you're not being pushed to do the next reality show, the next reality show, the next reality show. In fact, you've not actually done any reality TV, although we're going to come to it in a bit. You're going to be doing one next year, which you're filming at the moment. But has that affected you winning the show? Or do you think actually it's Love Island, it didn't make a difference if I won it or not? I think Love Island it doesn't necessarily make a difference. I think a lot of it is what happens after the show. I think, obviously, you are who you are on the show and it's about when you come out are you that same person that was on the show or are you going to be someone different, if that makes sense? And I feel like me and Paige have come off that show and I've watched, you know, the show back quite a bit. Paige hasn't, but I've watched it back and I've gone, the happiest part about watching it back is to think me and Paige were just, just like we are on the show. And I'm so glad that that came across because I wouldn't have liked to be portrayed as anything other than that. Um, and I feel like that's what's really the important thing about longevity within this mad world that's reality. What are you watching it back for, though? Have you got a bit of an excuse of, did I act a certain way that I should have? Or are you watching it to almost find faults in yourself to go, why, why did I do it like that? Because that's quite interesting nah, you've watched it back. I, so I've watched it back quite a few times and I just laugh at it because it was such a brilliant 
experience of my life, one of the best, you know, I've ever had. I look back at it just to laugh at the funny bits and, you know, I, I won't watch episode from episode and try and follow his storyline, but the challenges where me and Paige have had like a right laugh, I'll watch them and the nights where it was say like the Sean Paul night and everyone's having a good time, I'll watch them because it just, oh, it's just nice to look back on and, you know, in the future and when you have kids and that, it, how nice is it to be like, this is how me and your mum met or this is the first night, do you know what I mean? It's just, it's just funny to have it on. Oh, uh, I'm just picturing you and Paige with your kids watching Love Island. Mummy, Dad, can we watch it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like watching a wedding video. And then you get the first task of, you know, the entrance one, the devils and whatever. Yeah, yeah, go. yeah. And I, you know, which person did this type of thing in their sex life? And you're like, no, kids, we're not watching that. Oh, yeah, please can we watch it. What? That, that, that's the thing. That's the thing. Um, oh, you'd show bits and bobs. Oh, would you now? Would you filter that out? Oh, yeah. So oh, there's something else you've been doing as well. And it is TikTok. Because that started not done. You've got 390,000 followers and you're keeping up with these challenges, stupid challenges, which I can't help but get addicted to as well. How do you find that? Because you're having to create your own content. You've got to keep up with the trends. Again, it's that place where it's user content. You're in control of your destiny in that situation. So how are you finding that? Because I know you do a lot of paid adverts in there, but you're also doing a lot of things that aren't paid just for fun. Yeah, so we started TikTok when we come out and... I think everyone did in that first lockdown. It was just a way of having a bit of fun, you know, when you couldn't do anything else. So we started doing it in the first lockdown, but we very quickly found out that it just wasn't us. And especially it, it wasn't me. I'm not going to be dancing around my living room and this and that, because that wasn't me before the show. You know, before the show, I was posting one photo a month when I went out, you know, and that was it. No stories, no nothing. It was just one photo a month. That's that. So to then come out of the show and then be this internet guru so on social media, it just what didn't feel right. So we did start doing all the trends and all the challenges and stuff like that. But we got to a point where we thought, how can we still do TikTok, but just be ourselves? And that's when I, we started doing like the Scottish to English vocabulary and how it changes, just because we're still able to show people what we're up to, but it's just more of a, page and fin way rather than a, a dancey dancey way so what is going on with the page and fin way you're coming up to your two-year anniversary it's been intense you moved in three months later you've been living together for two years this is the year 2022 oh i know i know you're not going to obviously say yes you're going to propose her because why do you reveal that on a, pod, on a podcast and that gets picked <laughs> up everywhere and then you can't actually do it but how is the relationship actually going at the moment for you it's it's brilliant it's it's so good and to think I went on that show, you know, with no expectations of finding anyone, hoping that I would, but not really believing it was going to happen. To now be two years later in the position I am and how happy I am within my relationship is something that, you know, you're very grateful for. And all you think about is, you know, the future and, and stuff like that. So it is really, it's a really, really nice, nice, nice time because it's, we're able to enjoy it now. We're going on dates and stuff like that because we didn't have that for the first year. And now we're, you know, getting to the point where we can go out and have date nights and it just be a bit normal. Obviously, that's your relationship side. Any TV, anything you want to be doing, because obviously, you know, most people would go, right, I want to do sex with dating. I want to go and tell him made in Chelsea now. But obviously, as you're in a relationship with Paige, is there any TV shows you're looking at? Right, I want to do this as a couple. I mean, as a couple, we would love to do, you know, that celebrity hunted thing where you basically are on the run. 
I think we'd be really good at that. Well, I think I'd be good at it. Paige thinks she'd be good at it. Whether or not we'd split up halfway through because she don't like my ideas and I don't like her ideas. But I think that would be quite a fun one to do. I've always thought like, see, when you watch crime documentaries and you're like, oh, he's silly for doing that. He got caught sort of thing. You'd be like, oh, I'd do it this way. I'd do it that way. So that'd be a brilliant one. And one to do on my own, I'd love to do like an SAS, Who Dares Wins. Um, just because I've always been like into my, my fitness and all of that. And I think that's like a proper challenge where you could proper push yourself. Oh, 100% you could push yourself. But also you go the other People have had breakdowns, mental health breakdowns. People have nearly died on that show. Would you be, are you a bit of an adrenaline junkie or do you want to get to push yourself to that limit, that line? I'd love to see what limit you could get to. I think it's always like a, almost like you're competing with yourself to see how far I could. And I feel like that's the perfect challenge because it does it physically and mentally. Um, just sort of trying to explore your capacity physically and mentally. Finn. and that's it for this year that's it for 2021 episodes we are done thank you so much for listening please do go and rate the podcast go on to apple itunes give it a five star rating and leave a review i can't make this podcast successful without your help so please do go and help me and i just want to wish you a very happy new year again i'm going to be back obviously Next Friday, with another new batch of episodes, you're going to hear from Sharon Gafka from this year's Love Island. You're going to hear from Dan Ryan, ahead of the Bay. And then other names next year include Anna Williamson, Marlon Anderson, and so many more. So thank you so much for listening. I've been Johnny Seifert. Don't forget, if you want to contact me, Instagram, Twitter, at Johnny Seifert, at Skiddy and Skid Podcast. And I'll speak to you next year. Bye for now. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.